Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of what I'm calling Rock Reviews Now, brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by Mr. Heapy himself. G, what is up at G Novice 103 on Twitter? G, what's up? I am good. I am. Uh, I've watched way too much Celtic film today, so I literally fell asleep this afternoon. Oh, watching. Are you good? I'm I'm a little drowsy, but I I had to inject myself with heat culture. I watched some like Udonis Haslam and Kyle Lowry charges, and it really like amped, it's my new coffee. I wake up in the morning, <laughs> I get out of bed, I watch like Kyle Lowry taking a charge at the All Star game. The only ethical charges. Yeah, and I watch UD like threaten to fight people, and I'm like, I'm ready for the day. I don't even need caffeine, so I'm ready to I go. Love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, what's what's the equivalent for us here uh, over the Raptors? Just watching Siakam spin, just just no, it's, 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 what it's, is it's, it? it's Freddie. It's, it's Freddie it's taking charge. It's just Freddie doing it's Chris anything. It's Boucher charges. It's Chris That's Boucher true. charges. If we're no, real. it's that it's that picture of Boucher like really tired on the bench because he really like he, he like I left it all out there. <laughs> It's like it's like the CVS version of Jimmy. It's like oh, the Walmart Jimmy's? version of the, yeah, the Jimmy. <laughs> was that in Tampa or was that in was that in Toronto? I don't know. That's a good. I think it was this season. I think it was because it, it looked. Oh, you know what it might have been. It might have been when they weren't letting fans in the building because I think it's like yeah, an empty. If looking, it was an empty arena. It is, but I'm pretty sure it was this season. It might. Was it the Boxing Day game? It might have been the Boxing Day game. What's which, Boxing Day? As an American? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. So Boxing Day is December 26th. You box. So it is the day after Christmas. It's a holiday where you just have sale prices everywhere. So it's essentially like our version of a Black Friday. <laughs> um, and not all, like it, it's Australia. Anybody in the Commonwealth's version of a Black Friday, that's called Boxing Day. So I think it was a Boxing Day game. I think it, I, I might be lying. There are Raptor fans who are going to call me out on this one. Um, <laughs> but it, it, just to let you know what that game was. was so, so Chris Boucher to start the year out. We talked about this last week when I had William Liu on the pod. Um, but Chris Boucher to start the year out. Maybe he was filling himself a little bit, you know. Uh, contract I was year. believing. <laughs> he, he was um, taking a lot of threes. Uh, taking a lot more shots than you really would want him to. And was filling himself a little bit. And then the Boxing Day game came where there was basically no Raptor. There was not a single one of them because of COVID. Uh, so he had to really be the Pascal Siakam that night. And he said that game changed his life. And from that moment forward, we had six man of the year, Chris Boucher, who was like, no, I'm a hustle guy. Like the broadcast might confuse me for Pascal Siakam sometimes, but I will never confuse myself for Pascal Siakam again. Uh, I will be out here hustling and had a fantastic stellar season. Chris Boucher, if you're watching this, love you. Come back. You were fantastic this year. He's amazing. I love him. I'm, I'm a believer. Like, honestly. I love Chris Boucher. Everybody so says fun. the Raptors need a center. I don't really think that. I think they need other things more than a center. Thank you. They need another ball handler. They need some yes. more spacing. Um, they don't need a center. And Chris Boucher genuinely had such a phenomenal year this year. 
we were talking about charges before I started recording this and talking about, yeah, UD, Kyle, Thad Young, fantastic. First game in, I was just like, yep, I'm, I'm sold. This is my Kyle Lowry replacement for my heart. This is great. But Chris Boucher's charges are just, they, they feel like twice the charge just because he is the frailest man on the court at all times. So I like, get scared. That's a lot of heart you have to be standing in there right now. Don't break. Um, but but yes, he's great. He's he's. Did you see player. the stat that the tallest player left is a, that has played over twenty minutes a game is Maxi Kleba. Everybody else is below six ten. Maxi Kleba is the yesterday. only six ten and above person. Killing so centers are out. Just six nine wings, and the Raptors they lead the league in six nine wings. That's what I'm saying. The future. The future of basketball. Who needs the center? If, the, if Adam Silver wasn't a cheater, the Raptors would probably be playing the Heat in the conference finals right now. Or not. They play in the semifinals. But we won't talk about that. But regardless, Adam Silver is a cheater. If No, no. Because here's the thing. We're just going to call him a cheater because there were some games maybe in the regular season. Maybe the Raptors sneak into a different different side of the bracket. That's true. Uh, That's and, true. We, and we meet in, in the conference finals. Let's it's a culture bowl. We, we'd be doing the culture bowl right now. It'd be great. So uh, last last week, uh, I did a show called Expectations Versus Reality, where I talked to William Liu, who covers the Toronto Raptors for Sportsnet over here, um, and asked him what the expectations, what his expectations were of the playoff series, his expectations of the regular season, and comparing that to reality. And I would love to get your take on all of that as I don't want to call you an outsider because you might be the most Raptor fan, non-Raptor fan that exists. Honorary. Right? Honorary. But, um, but as, as someone on the outside, someone who covers another team closer, what your take is on the Toronto Raptors expectations versus reality. We'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, May 12th. May 12th is now an official holiday. I think a holiday that both Toronto and Miami share. May 12th shall forever be known as Kyle Lowry eliminates the Philadelphia 76ers from the second round day. My favorite day ever. It, it's just, it, I, it truly, truly joy for me because watching the Kawhi shot, I went crazy. I was at a friend's house. I ran around his apartment. He's like, why do you care about this team? I go, because they're going to win the title. That's why. There we go. Go, do you not see the heart? Do you not see that? Do you not see what just happened? I go, Kyle basically played like Kawhi's on a leg. Kyle was like not feeling well that series and we still pulled it out. Here, let me tell and you. It, Joel Embiid failed to post Kyle Lowry up despite a one foot height difference in the final minutes of game seven. I mean, I want to say something. Embiid has skated for slandering Ben Simmons. That dude is a coward. And I watched the game against Miami. Dude wanted no part of the ball. Tyrese Maxey was the only dude who didn't quit on the team. Harden had checked out. Harden, I saw Bumani Jones tweet out. Harden was checked out so bad he passed up a trip to Miami. Embiid. Just Miami switched from they, they switched their scheme from switching small guys onto Embiid and fronting to just having Bam in a drop. And Embiid just stopped trying to fight Bam for position, which is like it that's like the stuff that you accuse Ben Simmons of, like you are doing. Like you just straight up quit. Like you're supposed to be the MVP. And I know that you know you have your injuries and stuff, but then you started making a bunch of excuses, which I'm sure that you called what Ben Simmons did a bunch of excuses. I'm sure that that happened. And it's just, it's just, you know, what did, uh, what did Jay Crowder say? You know, it's f- different when the rabbit has a gun. Mm. Just, I'm just saying you look funny in the light. Uh, how many, how many people 
do you have to like have to fall on the sword for you? It's first it was um first it was what was the coach's name? Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Then it was uh Ben Simmons. Now it's Harden. At one point, the accountability has to follow you, big man. Hello. Hello. That's all I'm saying. This time it was Pascal Siakam, I think. That was the other thing that bothered me. How on earth, when when has Pascal ever done anything remotely dirty? If anything, that's like one of the most loved dudes in the league. Who who doesn't love Pascal? Dude is like. I've never seen a more joyous guy besides Scotty Barnes, maybe. Iman, when I've covered practices, that dude is laughing the whole time. Everybody's like, everybody loves him. The reporters love him. And, you know, like some of the Raptors could have been like persnickety. Kyle wasn't the, the friendliest guy with the media. You know, like Mark, Mark was like good face guy for media. Like everybody loved talking to Mark because it's Mark, right? And then like Pascal, even if he was hurt, he was cracking jokes. He was awesome. Everybody loves Pascal. And then for people to be like, making that a referendum of Pat. I was like, what are we doing? He made a play on the ball. You do not want guys to compete till the end. Should Pascal like not play hard? It's not like he's trying to hurt Embiid. Those guys are friends. If anything, Embiid left them to play with France for the colonizers. I don't know. It's I, that whole thing bothered me. Like I was just upset with the so way annoying. that people, people are so obsessed with having a take that they decided that they were just going to assassinate Pascal to, to push a narrative. Get out of here, man. So tired. Thank you for that. It was, it was so tired. There we go. Oh, we have man. we have we have a non-Raptors fan slash Raptors fan perspective on on the Pascal Siakam Joel Embiid thing, which I just I think is so tired. Um, so, tired. so I'm I'm right there with you, but sorry to relitigate that. <laughs> no, at any time, it's great. <sighs> okay, so I, I did want to talk a little bit about Sixers Heat just because we did talk about some Sixers Raptors. Love that series for me as as retribution. It feels like having my 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 Kyle Lowry team, which is has become my number two team, go up against the Philadelphia 76ers and win that. Thank you for doing that for us. You're welcome. It was, Appreciate it. Was it. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Lowry <laughs> didn't boy. have um a great series because he was injured, which was another thing. Your point about everyone needing a take. My goodness, I just saw a bunch of people being like six points. And it's like on and like whatever his shooting numbers were. And it's like the same day, and I was saying this the same day that we were having conversations about eye test versus numbers. And I'm just like, eye test tells me he can't walk. That's what eye test tells me. He's limping up and down the court. That's what Iman, my eyes watch. are telling me. Iman, do you think do you think that these people are like actually like watch? Of course not. They're not watching the games. They just they just want to fire takes off of Twitter. You think these people watch Jokic? Of course they don't watch Jokic. These people aren't staying up late to watch a dude on the West Coast. They're not watching Kyle Lowry. Like, I watch Kyle Lowry attack a closeout, get to the rim uncontested, and he decided, yeah, I'm not jumping. That's not Kyle. Sorry, that's not Kyle. I've watched Kyle his whole career. Uh, That guy's a dog. That's not Kyle. And and it wasn't even that Kyle was, like, looking for a little dump-off shuffle pass because he loves doing that. It was like he just went Steve Nash, went right out of the paint. He's like, all right, let's do this again. And I'm like, yeah, that's not who that guy is. He didn't even try to shoot. Right? It, no. it's, it, it, he he didn't look right. I thought defensively. I mean, he's obviously like brilliant, right? He's a, he's a he's a genius. So you know, he's he's in the right spots and everything. But he just wasn't moving right. And and anybody who wants to pretend otherwise is not watching. And Kyle has oh every bad playoff performance. It's either been a busted hand 
I don't know how many busted hands he's had in the playoffs. Busted elbow, thumb. Injury all the time. And it's like legitimate injuries and whatever. If you want to give him criticism, you know, whatever. Small guards are going to be affected by that more than anybody. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, there are other dudes that have been on his team that have been way healthy that have had worse performances, but I'm not going to get into that. But the thing about him, I mean, he clearly, he got hurt in the Atlanta series, did not come back. Come on, you know. For that guy not to come back, and he looked pissed on the bench the whole time, and they told him no. And I think Miami had learned a lesson with, with Bosch and with other guys. They're just not letting guys come back early from injury. And, and they caught a lot of heat for it. And I think, and I, by the way, I think they made the wrong decision by letting him play yeah, me in, too. Game, in game three. Um, me too. I, and I, I gave the organization, I think they're due. I think that that was wrong. I think as badly as I'm sure Kyle wanted to get out there. And Jimmy even gave voice to that after Jimmy said, we need guys to take care of themselves and we need our brothers to protect themselves. And I thought that comment said more than anything, because I'm sure that Kyle fought to get out there and they let him, which they shouldn't have. And it just looked bad and his minutes were horrible and they lost the games anyway. Right. So, and I'm sure that part of that had to do with him coming back to Philly, you know, I'm sure he wants to play yeah. and he's a competitor and he wants to be out there for his team. And, you know, anytime you can go up against like a, an MVP runner up, you know, if, if Embiid's going to get out there with a broken face and I got to get out there. I'm sure that that has to cross the mind, but. And it's Philly. I think that was a large part of it as well. Yeah. Uh, I Also, this is a team with title aspirations. And I, I definitely, I think he does want to be out there. As Raptor fans, we've seen it. Yep. 2017, I don't think he really wanted to be out there. I think those two games that he missed in the playoffs is kind of like, yeah, we're getting swept again. Um, I got swept again. But um, I do think that that was a different time. And, and what we've seen from Kyle in any other playoffs is him just doesn't matter what is wrong with his body. He is out there and he's out there to the final minutes. Uh, I thought Spo pulling him was, was, uh, was it game four? Game he, pl- he played game three, game four. He did not play. He pulled him like in, in the fourth quarter. Of in the fourth four, quarter. Like, he did not close. Fully. I, I do like, think that was more, Hey, like he was just bad. We got to play like Gabe or something. Cause like he was just giving him. He like, was a hurting big... everybody, but like also it was painful to watch. It was painful. It Somebody, was painful to watch. I think it was William Liu who tweeted out. I like half Kyle Lowry, leader of plus minus, plus five. And I was like, A, that's hilarious because that's what we always do with Kyle McBeal. Like, we can't do that today. Today's <laughs> not the day we can do this because it looked, I was no. like, man, looks dicey. <laughs> get my man out of there. <laughs> hurt his plus, plus minus king. Playoff plus minus. Okay, Doesn't I'll even like, need play. <laughs> so he, he's already been ruled out for game one. Yeah. When do you just focusing a little bit more on him before, before we take a pivot again, when do you expect to, to see or, any word or is there do you think probably out for the entire conference finals and in the finals if the heat make it there jimmy said he's he's close i i always take whatever the honest is that because like nick nurse says things and it's yeah i mean miami says stuff and i like i listen anytime the heat tell you anything about injuries just don't listen to them wow so heat culture is lies you know it's total propaganda it's a propaganda machine i remember um, Deion Waiters, uh, <clears throat> the 30 and 11 season, shout out Deion Waiters. Uh, he got, he had an ankle injury a couple of games, a couple of days before like the season ended. And we reported that he was going to be out six, eight weeks. Mm. Miami immediately. I think we, we reported it as like a grade, whatever. I don't know. I was, I was somebody, whatever we, we degrade something ankle sprayed six, eight weeks. Yeah. We reported it. He immediately went into PR mode. They sent out a statement to all the journalists. Anthony Chang, Aaron Winderman's like, there's no timetable on Deion Waiters return. That's what they do. That's what they do. And by the way, guess who was right? Guess who never came back? Right. And he was never the same after that. Mm. Um, So 
don't listen to anything they say. Season, it's always my favorite season because you fans are like, how 30 and 11. And I'm just like, and 11 and 30. <laughs> it's just the greatest. Listen, who cares ever. about the 11 and 30? It was, it was, a th- it was Dion hitting the logo three over Steph with the arms Dion crossed. Dion was fun. Dion was fun that season. I mean, Dion is always fun. Um, but to Dion answer Warriors. your question, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think if Kyle comes back, would think I'm looking game four ish if he okay. comes back. I personally would err on the side of caution. I, you got to protect him for himself. You know, also if you, if he's not going to be a hundred percent, I don't really think there's much utility in him being out there because the value that he brings you against a switch defense is he can attack switches and get to the basket and get your offense going quickly. That's, I think his main value against the Celtic team because Miami, you know, he's just, he's not turning the corner on pick and rolls like he used to. And you need the shooting, but I mean, the shooting that he provides is replaceable. I think Gabe has been good off the dribble too. So yeah. stuff like that you can get from other places, but where he's valuable is as, as a decision maker in pick and roll and as a guy who just rebounds and goes. And if he's not going to be right, he can't rebound. He's not going to be, he'll try. So if he's not a hundred, if he's not like 80, I, I think minimum 80%, I don't see a, a utility for him being out there. And also, I mean, he's a, he's in his late thirties and you have him signed for a long time. You don't yeah. want to do what Brooklyn did and just totally like debilitate James Harden, right? I mean, this is a serious injury. So you need to think about his future, your future, you know, the investment. And, you know, you try to survive, you know, I'm sorry, Boston, that Boston offense isn't scaring anybody. So, you know, I don't think they lose. I don't think the the, the drop defensively is too bad um, between him and, and the guys who will kind of like utility fill minutes for him. So if he plays, I think it's later in the series. I think game four-ish. If he comes back, if not, maybe finals. I mean, it's depends. I mean, the severity of the of the injury, of course, the Heat are uh, are shrouded in mysticism, so it's hard to know. It's so funny though the Boston the Boston offense, just because I think for I picked initially Boston in seven um, because of the Middleton injury, and then halfway through the series, I'm like, no, it's gonna be Bucks. Like, not like <laughs> everybody it, it, did. It had to be the Bucks who's going who are going to win this. For one, Giannis is just the best player, and also. Boston's offense is just not it. If you have to rely this much on Al Horford getting you like 30 points, like I just, I, I, I was like, is there a game where you're just going to get enough from Tatum and Brown? And like, can you get anything from anyone else? And then of course it's like Grant Williams is going to put on a show and like shut you up in game seven and be the best player on the court. <laughs> not named Giannis. Game sevens are wacky. <laughs> game sevens are. Game Didn't Bobby Portis have a big game seven? Like just when you're in game seven, like weird stuff happens. Like don't ever get to a game seven. Just don't let it get there. Look at Phoenix. Miami, Toronto is my favorite game seven. I have to say it. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to do it. You know, that day I had a trip to, I was going to Europe the next day. And That's I was my like. my favorite game seven. How did I just forget Kawhi? Shot? I was going to say, I was that like, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> the only reason I like that game is because I was able to go on my trip and not have to cover the heat. I was like, I can actually go on vacation in peace. So thank, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> I'll do that for you, just for you. Uh, okay, so let's let's make a pivot over. So, someone else I wanted to talk about tonight. I was hoping this off season to focus in on some Raptors in particular, and I thought, who better to talk Goran Dragic with? No, I'm kidding. Uh, who better to talk Precious Achua with? Uh, Precious has been phenomenal. Precious has been my favorite player. He is the enigma of all enigmas, to use a Brian Colangelo term. Um, but in a positive way, as opposed to how Brian Colangelo was using it <laughs> to talk about Andrea Bargnani. Um, Precious, nothing like him. So let's let's talk about Precious some. What are your thoughts on Precious? What have you seen from him this year? 
Finishing, not great. 56% at the rim. The three-point percentage is good. And I think that anytime you get a big man who can I just who I mean, I, I think as a roller, he'll get better. His size, he's six nine, but Bam's six nine. Bam plays a little stronger than he does. Precious just feels smaller than a guy like Bam, who, yeah. you know, and that was a weird thing about Miami. They just drafted a dude who was the same size and who played center. And it's like, well, what's what's the plan here? You know? Um That's so what kind Musa of has been doing for <laughs> years now. I, I guess the thing was like, he'll shoot well enough that we can play them together, which I guess he's getting there. Right. So he's, he's improving. And I, he, you know, so, you know, his, interestingly enough, his EPM, his defensive estimate plus minus courtesy of dunks and threes who do a fantastic job uh, is, is, is the 94th percentile. It's very, very good because offensive estimated plus minus is really bad. It's in the 29th percentile. So that part's interesting because I think when you think of him, you think of him as a guy who you know, kind of getting a little bit of a three-point shot, can do a little bit of ball handling, can kind of lead a break. He does a little fancy between the leg dribbles and a little pull-up. So I think those part of his offensive games have gotten better. I think defensively, he's just been really solid. Um, I think it and stuff like that, but um, it just it just never came together. And I think his size kind of hurt him. And I think this season he kind of grew into his body more. I think a, a year with NBA training and stuff like that allows you to get to a strength that you need to get to and stuff like that. So I think defensively is where I've been impressed with him the most. The three-point development I think is as critical because it allows, it kind of ensures him to get playing time. And I think we've seen in series, you know, like Draymond was not guarded by by the Grizzlies, right? And and guys, and I think we've seen over and over again, you know, Mar- Matisse Thibault was not guarded by the Heat. If you don't have threats on the floor at all times, and if you're a guy like Siakam and you're running a guard screen pick and roll with Siakam, you need that other big to occupy some sort of space that's not in the dunker spot in Siakam's way. So the fact that he is a respectable three-point shooter, and if he can keep building on that and be an asset defensively, you know, it allows Toronto to do a lot of what they want to do. Uh, so I, I listen, shout out to him. I, I've been impressed. Honestly. Yeah. And I think you hit on a lot there. I'm sorry. I was cutting in and out. My internet just decided to go all wacky. Um, <laughs> but what I heard great. And I agree with a lot. His finishing is something that's really interesting. And I think you talked a little bit about how he can handle the ball a little bit and handle uh, and execute a fast break a little bit. Like just it's my favorite thing. <laughs> Is his growth. I will say, like, I, I say this, I'm sorry if anyone has listened to me twice now. I say this about Precious anytime I'm in front of a microphone, basically, which is he reminds me so much of my niece. And I say that because she's a toddler. She's two. She's about to be three. Um, and every time I see her, which is like regularly, almost over day, every time I see her, she just grows so much. And you're just like, you couldn't do that yesterday. You couldn't do that a week ago. You couldn't do that two weeks ago. And that's exactly what it feels like watching Precious, where initially there was a time where I think Nick was just like, absolutely not Precious. You were not touching the ball. Also Goron, who like would walk the ball up on a fast break. And it's just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> but, that's how um, you know he didn't care. <laughs> at all. Um I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was painful, but um, it felt like an automatic turnover sometimes. <laughs> like they would just get a oh, rebound precious? and you would just see Precious. Yeah, you would just see Precious run the other way. And it's just like, oh, how is he going to turn it over this time? Oh, oh we okay, make fun of them oh, all okay. the time on our, on our post-game show hangover time. We just get clips of, but we'd focus on like the bench or like Fred. And like, it's always like hands in the face. Like, what are you doing, bro? It's like they've had this conversation with him before. 
And it's like, he just keeps doing it. It's just like, you can't keep getting away with this. No. <laughs> um, and, and his finishing is something that's really interesting too. And I, Nakai's had an article about this and it's true. It's not great. It's, it's terrible uh, to be quite honest. I think it was worse than Fred's at one point. It's in the bottom um, 10 for setters. His, which, his is, which is wild uh, to say the Raptors have so like, Fred, they play in space. Gary, Fred, Gary, and Precious. Have, I know. Fred, Gary, and Precious, I think, are three of the worst finishers in the league right now. Dude, I uh, think the, the Fred thing is, we've talked about this for years. We have. We have. It's like freaking um, A. Gary's man. is not much better. I don't expect it from Gary, not. though. Like, I expect, because Fred has a profile of being like a finisher, right? Because he's strong, he's tough, he could take contact. And it's like, none of that comes together. <laughs> There is a degree of difficulty in, in Fred's finishing, I will say, where it's like Fred is- he he like I it's like he wants it's like if if he sees two defenders at the rim, that's when Fred really wants to finish. That's when he won't kick it back out, right? Like that's when he's like, let's test this out. Um, and I don't know, Gary, I just I feel like he's longer. I feel like he's quicker. I feel like he should theoretically be able to do this, right? Like, how are you a two-level scorer and your two levels is just like the mid-range shot and and a three. You don't have anything at the rim. Uh, I think maybe because he's kind of replacing Norman Powell in my head at the very least. And Norm was was a great finisher and a good cutter. And that's just not something that Gary has right now. But of course, Gary's also a very young player. So we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of his growth probably in another episode. But focusing in on pressure specifically, his finishing, I feel like, we watched it grow. <laughs> like his ball handling, we watched it grow. I swear he was doing things in the playoffs that I did not see him do in the the regular season, where I was just like, I did not know he had that in his game, besides the pull-up three, which is always fun to watch. Um, like <laughs> we're talking about him on a fast break, pulling up from deep instead of going all the way to the basket. Maybe that's how he doesn't turn it over. Um, a few few less steps and <laughs> he can control himself a little bit there. But um Watching him, watching him go at Embiid was a lot of fun, especially because like he had the ball, like the poise and the control. And granted, the cliffs that are circulating, or when it, uh, a period of time where Embiid was letting anyone go at him and was just an absolute pylon on, on the other end. But the poise and the control, and he did that. He went straight to the basket and finished over Embiid multiple times. This is a guy who couldn't finish over air multiple times. So uh, clearly. <laughs> Uh, clear, yeah, clearly. Um, so just seeing his growth, I think, has been, uh, I don't know, I think it's, it's just been my favorite part of it. And as someone from the outside, have you been able to watch just how quickly he's grown from game to game? Uh, obviously not watching 82 games of Raptors basketball, but are you seeing that growth when you do check into this team? So I probably watch like 50 games, you know, I, I keep up. People you do. You do. I, I will say people. you you've watched more than a lot of people. I love this. I love them. I I fell in love with them. I've talked about this before, but like Kyle really reinvigorated my love for the sport, and I just have followed them because of that. And I just I love the group, you know. And even as it's changed, I still like. I love watching them play. I love Nurse. Nurse is so wacky, and I just I love the team. But yeah, I mean, he. And you know, it's funny. I, I've noticed two ways. Toward the end of the season, I, I stopped watching as much because I had to focus more on, on, on Heat stuff and, and we were doing game day coverage. And, and game day coverage is exhausting, let me tell you. But, um, you know, he 
the just the the talk out of Raptors Twitter, you guys really changed your tune quick. At first, it was like you guys were talking yourselves into Precious, and it's like we've all had the friend that is dating somebody, and they're like, "Do you like them?" It's like, you know, they they do, you know, they, they they cook for me sometimes. They do nice things, and you're just they're kind of like, yeah, you know, they're not so bad, you know. And and then like eventually they start liking them, you know. It's, it was kind of one of those, and uh, it, at first it was a cope, and then it became like, oh wait, he's kind of nice, and. I think, you know, to the Embiid's thing, his first game, I think where he had like a really like eye-opening game in Miami was, I think it was a game where everybody had COVID and it was just like he, Tyler Hero, and like, you know, every G League bozo off the Miami streets. And he really went out and beat every time. And he was clearly undersized. And it was like a lot of old man pump fakes. You know what I mean? Getting on weight. He gets too deep under the basket, like use 50 pump fakes, stress is going to beat to bite. Um, <laughs> But to see the development from something like that to like really going at him fearlessly, a, a little more efficient, I think the other stuff will kind of come together for him. Uh, but I think it's been impressive. And I think if you're if you're Toronto, he's the kind of guy you want who's just a really versatile switch defender who I think is just growing into his role. I think the season he had him, listen, it's I don't think anybody it was easy to be a rookie during a COVID season and to For have sure. your second year in the league during a second COVID season. I think that's just really unfair, especially the first year in Miami where there were like legitimate title aspirations because you were coming out for finals appearance. And that season just went sideways from the start and everybody was hurt and everybody got co it was just a bad year. And I don't think that was a good environment for him. And then you kind of go to Toronto and I know that it was kind of tough there too. I mean, I think they, you know, we started off pretty not great and it was kind of a, a, a process to get back, you know, up, up in the standings. And I think yeah. kind of it, it almost coincides with his improvement because, yeah. you know, nurse plays a tight rotation. Right. And I think him kind of becoming a reliable person with hands, you know what I mean? Like it's not since surge did we have like a guy who could, you know, catch a ball, you know, off a oh, roll. It was, it was a tough, it was a tough little while. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 happy for him. I'm happy that he's he's thriving, and I think that's uh, I think if there's any organization that can get a, a very green kind of player, I think Toronto is absolutely one of the best places with that coaching staff, just the leadership, man. I I, I think even without Kyle and Serge and Mark, you know what Freddie and what Pascal do, you know all these guys with with, with Nick Nurse, that stuff matters. Those guys have seen it all even though they're very very young they're very they're they're like young vets yeah and you could tell the respect that they command in practices you know just watching them i mean those guys i mean around the league everybody respects those dudes so it's a good environment and it's a very i think pressure free environment because toronto's not toronto's just like they're playing with house money right like like we're really good and we're just here to yeah can i curse on this I try not sure. to. Yeah, you, yeah, you just, they just fuck shit up. You know what I mean? So there's little pressure and I think that's the best environment for him. Yeah, no, and I completely, I, I agree. And I, I mean, it's the, the vets that we have here, I was just trying to think about, like, it's kind of contrary to what the Heat do a little bit where you're like, no, we need Udonis for our culture. Vets are just like, no, the Damar and Kyle and Kawhi have passed on their knowledge to these young guns here. We don't need to keep them on the roster forever. Um, so I want to ask you, what do you think a guy, and I think it's so hard to predict someone like this, especially because with Precious, it just feels like the sky's the limit with him because he does have, he, 
one of the most athletic players in the league, just point blank period. He is an excellent defender um, and who knows what he can really develop into as an offensive player. I think you mentioned that that three point shot is a, is going to be a really big part of how he can stay in this league. But what do you think he sort of projects as knowing it really could be anything? What, what do you see? I think a lot of that depends on how the finishing goes from here, because mm-hmm. I think if he can finish, at an above average rate and keep the three point shooting around what he did this year. I think he could be a legitimate starting center, you know, for a decade, right? No like, level score to three levels or to two yeah, level score. Let's you know what I it. mean? Like, I don't think he'll ever be a guy who can, I think he's shown flashes of playmaking, but I, I just don't think you want to rely on that. I just think as a guy who can lead a break a little bit, can rebound, can, can be a, a good dive man in the pick and roll. And that you can have a little variance. You know, Iman, there's, you know, watching the Heat, they went from having too many pick and pop guys to having no pick and pop guys. And you lose a, you just lose something in your offense when that guy sets a screen and everyone knows where he's going. And it, it doesn't, it just simplifies help and offense. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And when you have a guy who can roll or pop like Ibaka, like Mark, even though Mark yeah. just started popping at the end, you know, it just, that diversity in your offense matters. And I think for a team like Toronto, where I just think naturally, like, listen, Fred's going to struggle finishing. One percent, first percentile, six, fifth, seventh, third, six. Those are his career percentiles finishing at the rim. Yeah, Yeah. it's just that's just who he is, right? So you need to really compensate in other places, and what you get from him and other. So I I could see him being like a legitimate, really good starting center if he can really get the finishing under control. And if not, let's say he just continues to be a bad finisher. I think with the defense and the shooting, he he'll be like a legit backup five, and that stuff matters, Iman, because like. The Heat brought Deadman on, completely changed the outlook of their season. For sure. Like, I don't I think people like oftentimes like shit on oh backup point guard, backup wing, backup five man. That matters. And if you're like a legit reliable 
backup five that matters. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can get like productive quality minutes out of you that you can do these things and you have a special shooting gift and you can do it. So that's kind of where I see him. I tried to think of a player comp. His size makes it tough. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah. that I, I re- like, I don't know, but I do think that he can be like, you know, be in the league for 10 years, which I think is a, a win. I mean, that's definitely a win. I think with someone, I think you just mentioned it. The floor with the defense there um, is just, it, like his floor is already just high enough because of the defense that he brings. And if he could just add more offensively, you know, the Raptors don't really need him to be much of a playmaker. I think the goal is for Scotty to really develop as that. And for Pascal to even develop a little bit more as that and really run those guys. And then you have Fred Van Vliet, And then hopefully we'll talk about it in a little bit, bring in another ball handler. Um, so you're not going to really need that from Precious, but his ability to do that um, on occasion, his ability as a center to bring the ball up the court is something that's just rare and fun and just a feature of this new NBA. I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's hard to pick uh, a player comp for a guy like that because it feels very new agey almost, yeah. right? Like it, it's it's just, it's so new NBA um, that, it, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he'll he'll develop a lot too because he'll play a lot with with the Nigerian team who are they're very good, yeah. and they're going to play a lot of international tournaments. And I just think that kind of pressure experience and and like those reps are going to matter. So he's going to have a lot of chances to improve, and he's still very young. So I think that, and like every fake trade I made trying to get Lowry, it included Precious because Toronto needed a a big who can kind of dive to the basket and and he fit the profile of what they wanted to do. So. As long as besides there, and that's the vision of where the team goes, you know, I I just think he's a good natural fit. For sure. All right. So let's take a look. As as a Miami fan, I need you to take your Raptors fan hat off. We're talking to a Miami fan right now. We want the Miami fans' perspective on the Toronto Raptors. I want an outsider's perspective on this Toronto Raptors team. We've talked about Precious a little bit. Um, What? were your preseason expectations for this team? I feel like they were higher than probably most other people just because you pay more attention to what this roster is and what this core has. But what were your preseason expectations for them? For the, for the Raptors? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was like fifth seed. And, and you could check the tape. And I was, I was talking to Nikias, and I actually bring this up a lot. He had the Knicks being better than them. And I said, what on earth do the Knicks do that's better? Uh, and that's he's crazy. like, they're going to... I was like, the Knicks can't score... And their defense was a little fluky last year because of the three-point variance. And he's like, y'all, Kemba and Evan Fournier. And I was like, when has Evan Fournier ever helped anybody do anything meaningful? And Kemba Walker is a corpse at this point. Like, I have, I don't remember the last time Kemba Walker looked good on, on anywhere. And I go to, to – and I, I said, I was like, listen, they had a season in Tampa that was fake. You displace any group of people, not just, like, playing in a, playing in a building where, like, you don't even know who the hell they're cheering for remove them from their family from their life from their home imagine if you don't get to walk into your damn house sleep on your bed watch your television your sofa your refrigerator the water that you're used to drinking stuff that you all take for granted and how that's just stuff disorients you right and one of it's like you expect okay i'm on the road for a week this and that you're just displaced and it's hot as hell and it's tampa florida sucks man i live i don't live in florida i live in miami uh, but Florida sucks, right? Like yeah, you, you know, you leave Miami County and that that oof is rough. So, uh, to to have that happen, Miami's funny. No, it's true. It's, 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 we're, we're different. You know, we're, we're different. Um, it's not fair to judge their season off that. Uh, also, the like, is Kyle here? Is he not here? 
That was weird. I'll never forget the day that he thought he played his last game. The really sad, crying hand up. I was freaking sobbing. I was like, don't do this to me, Kyle. That was weird, right? Because then he didn't even get traded. No. Right. And it was just, it was weird. So like anybody who wants to take that season, there's COVID, there's COVID. everybody there's got Aaron sick. Baines. What are we doing? Like, and then half the Raptors team, like got uprooted. Like Serge wasn't there. Like Mark, like a lot of weird stuff happened. Yeah. And I was like, if you want, and by the way, they were in the bubble and they had a really physical semi deep run, you know, and all those teams that played in the bubble with that short turnaround just weren't good. The Lakers, the Heat. I yeah. think Denver was really the only team. And but Denver, Denver had a lot of a slew of injuries too. Uh, yeah. And but and an ACL tear, right? So yeah. Um, you know, at the end, if you wanted to hold that against them, that wasn't fair. But I was like, this is a good team. Their defense is going to be great, although it didn't start off great. It really had to work its way to be there. Uh their offense was actually really good to start, which surprised me. But I had them around everybody. five or six. I had them at five or six, and I go, there's no reason why they're not better than these other teams. Um, obviously thing I thought the Celtics were going to be worse and I thought Atlanta was going to be better, but at the end of the day, I'm like, Toronto is one of the six best teams in the conference. And I think those other teams are kind of like, not that as legit as Toronto. And I've been pretty consistent about that. And I yeah. listen, I'm glad to be hey, right. I was right there with you. I was right there with you. For me, it was, I, I knew that I didn't believe in Atlanta at all, but I obviously thought the, the Nets would be the one seed. I'm sorry. He, I knew the so Heat would I. be a top. I was like, listen, the Heat are going to be, people had the Heat at like four or five. And they're like, that is nonsensical. That is just had, not, a, that is four. not a Kyle Lowry team. I had him at four. You did. I didn't think they'd be healthy enough. Hashtag hater. I was. They didn't need to be. They didn't need to be healthy. I didn't believe in any of those G League guys. Iman, I once said on my podcast, I was like, if Max Cruz is a heavy rotation player on your team, you suck. <laughs> I actually, I now own a Max Cruz jersey uh, because of how there we go. it was. Yeah. There we go. Um, honestly, I, I think that was my favorite. I like, I, I obviously love Jimmy's one of my favorite players, just period. But my favorite just time of Heat basketball was when it was just Bench and Lowry. Like, that's when I found myself oh, watching more so Keith fun. than, like, any other team. I was just like, this is fun. <laughs> that was, like, sniffing straight culture because it was Kyle and, like, this kid from Santa Barbara and this white guy named Max Roos who looks like the engineer at my office. <laughs> um, I call him Alberto because he just – he looks like an Alberto. And he, he looks like, like, looks like my man, I'll say. He yeah, looks like you know what I mean? He, looks like he has, like, the man. open mouth all the time. He kind of looks, you know. Yeah. You know, they're playing a billion white guys, guys you've never heard of. Where's Jimmy? Where's Bam? Oh, some guy named Omer Yurtseven who looks like, you know, he's just like strolling South Beach on like a car that he rented that he totally can't afford. You know, it's like, and that's Kyle. Kyle was just, they beat the Suns on the road by like 30 points without Jimmy and Bam. And it was Kyle just running around them in circles. It was amazing. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Um, Back to Raptors. Back to the Raptors. Um, My question for you. Yes. The Raptors are doing this really weird thing. We've talked about it. They're kind of new agey. We mentioned it with Precious Achua and this entire roster that they're really building a bunch of six, nine, six, ten guys, uh, six, eight, six, six, eight to six, ten plus Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> um, guys with incredibly long wingspan. Um, no center. You mentioned it. You don't think that that's something that they need. I'm completely in agreement with you. I, don't, I think the lack of a center is a feature, not a bug, I think. Um, and, and we've seen how successful they can be. I know like the, the defense is something that people were really, really weary of and really kind of sad about initially to start the year because it did take them a long time to really get there. And also the one thing that you can really point to is the lack of a rim protector that they have. But once again, feature. <laughs> like they, they have guys with incredibly long wingspans who are incredible 
athletes for that exact reason, because you're going to recover a lot quicker when just by extending your arms out, you basically cover half of the court. Um, so what is your take on this Toronto Raptors team and what Masai Ujiri is building here? What do you think a longer term outlook of this Raptors team can look like? And who do you think they need to add to really fully realize what this core can be? Because as though, as though they're young, still Fred is 27, 28 now, I think. Pascal is 28 now. So they are sort of to, starting to climb up a little bit up there in age. I, so I heard there was a lot of noise about Gobert. Who, by the way, I think Gobert would go great in Toronto, right? I think if I they like could it. Go, I like it because he's just, he's good. And he's, he's going to have like incredible wing. I don't like Gobert. Like I want to. I like Gobert. I don't. This is the first time we're disagreeing on something. I'm, anti, I'm just anti-France. You know, I'm Italian. I'm, I'm Italian and Colombian, so I'm just anti-France and anti-Spanish. You know what I mean? Like, Except for Mark. Mark's cool. Um, uh, but I, I think he's good, and I think that it would take some adjusting, and I think that Nurse is a good enough coach that they can recalibrate what they do. They don't have to change completely because they can switch everything except for what they They just don't switch five whatever, right? And Gobert can switch some. I think the idea that Gobert can't switch – is I disagree a, with that. Yeah, it's he doesn't switch because then you had Mitchell on the back end of some bozo, Thank like some guy. Who, yeah, people keep bringing up like you look at him in a pick and roll. Look, he just can't switch. He can't guard out on the perimeter. And it's like, is he the issue or is that entire roster the issue there? The roster and he's part of the issue. And I think Durant said it. I thought Durant was pretty pointed about it. He said, listen, I don't see any depoy that gets targeted and hunted, which they purposefully go bear and pick and roll. Uh, cause they wanted him. And part of that is him. And part of that is scheme. Um, by the way, I would like to say that Drew Holiday was hunting Marcus Smart's ass all the time. Mm, that's true. Guess who doesn't get hunted? Bam, yep. But regardless, uh, I think what, I think the, the thing that Toronto actually needs. I should have need answered a, that with Precious Achua. That, oh, that was the joke. Damn it. Right you you uh, gave that right to me. I threw you that. the lob. It was a, it was a D Wade lob to LeBron. Yeah, that was a. I'm gonna Photoshop the Achua the, the the arms out thing. Uh, they need a wing score, and this is gonna sound funny. They need like a guy who fits the profile of what they do. These incredibly athletic, torrid wing defenders who are like six nine, and they need a guy at that position who can be like an A one score. Obviously, there's not a lot of people that fit Kawhi. that bill. Literally, Kawhi, Kawhi, Jimmy. Did you just say Paul that that's what they need? Uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, which is funny. I um, I don't listen. I don't want to get Raptors fans mad at me because they already got mad at me for saying bad things about Demar months ago. They have to do a move, and I don't think Siakam or Freddie is the move to make. I think you get more bang for your buck in a trade with OG and like draft equity, and you. You I, scared me. My heart. Stopped. Oh no, no! It's just because we've seen I them. I thought you were going to say Scotty. I was no, like, no, 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 no. You. Oh, that guy I thought is, you because you were like whoa. not Fred, not Pascal. So I was like, okay, that those are kind of your biggest. No, you keep that guy. That's the bridge, right? Yeah, Anything that, that you do, that's the bridge. Okay, and you, you scared me because yeah, you, you said give the franchise to him. So I was looking for the worst. I thought Pascal was going to be as worst as you got, but then I was like, no, no, someone else. Now, you can do two things. I don't think you should trade Siakam because I think you, you know, windows close very quickly. And I think he's going to be playing his best basketball in his career next season. I think that that's the trajectory. I have I a big believer in him. I agree. So if you're trying to win, you know, you, you, we've seen them survive without OG for very long stretches, including a title run. Um, and I, I'm a very big OG person. I just think that they just have too many of these guys that are like very similar in like skill and ceiling. 
and you need to up your ceiling and you need to get a guy that is not going anywhere somewhere and who's a little on the older side and you bring him in with the other vets and then you let Scotty as one of that, you're going to have to overpay for a guy. And as that guy ages out, Scotty ages in and you keep, you know, you keep the wheels turning. They're going to have to do something like that. And I know Masai is going to look for it. And again, I don't like saying this because again, I, I fell in love with this. I love OG Ananobi. That probably, I'm on the bubble team, the, the team that, that took Boston. So I think that's probably like my favorite Raptor team. I think yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever enjoyed watching basketball, like a Raptor team more than now. They yeah. were just, they were incredible. My favorite team ever. Uh, so they just need that other score at the wing who can just get to the basket, get to the line. I don't know what Toronto's numbers were kind of getting free throws. It doesn't feel good when I watch it. I don't think they generate enough that way. I don't think they generate yeah. enough pressure at the rim unless Pascal it's Siakam. the only person who can get to yeah. the rim. Pascal's the only person who can get to the free throw line, and he doesn't do it um, you know, at the level of like the, the upper echelon guys in the league. Isn't it funny that all the guys except for Jimmy that we've talked about, they've been linked with because PG, you know, they had the, the PG thing, right? And obviously Kawhi was there. So they need a guy like that. I'd be hesitant I about... We're linked with Jimmy for a while because DeMar and Kyle's relationship with him. Yeah, back probably in his Chicago days. Jimmy's a little different because Jimmy's not a shooter and I already yeah. think that they walk a fine line. So he's a guy... And obviously I don't think Jimmy's leaving. But and yeah, I don't think that... I don't... I don't know that Messiah is really looking at that right now. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned sort of an older vet guy who can be your number one scorer. That's an interesting take. I and you build your defense around it and you have the vets and the other guys and they're not going to kill you with depth anymore. I do think they'll find a guy or two, you know, like, you know, on the, on the fringes, you know, as they always do. Right. I think, you know, Messiah and Toronto are just really good at finding those, those, those diamonds in the rough, uh, similar to Miami, right. They, I don't like crediting organizations solely for that. I, I think players put a lot of work, but I think there are some organizations that put people in the positions to succeed and believe in them. Um, Henry Abbott wrote a fantastic piece about the differences between culture and process and Philadelphia and Miami and how Philadelphia is constantly throwing people under the bus. And Eric Spolstra is talking his guys up. It's talking Gabe Vincent up when they're struggling. It's talking Max Drews up. And when Miami got embarrassed by Milwaukee, there was no bus throwing. It was all accountability. And there's a difference between those franchises. And when Toronto loses, it is accountability. And it's not bus throwing because that's a brotherhood that they have there, unlike other teams. So I think they're going to be good. And I think Masai is going to, I think so arguably Masai is the best executive in the league, you know? Definitely. So him and I think him, Riley, are, are on the short list of the best ones that just have Riley? consistently never heard of him. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I am with the Raptors um, and, and where they where they can go. No, I, I like that. That's actually a really interesting take, because I think in in having these conversations with everyone, that is not the direction I think that most people go in. Um OG, it, it hurts my heart because I, I kind of look at OG as, as the glue to this team. It And you mentioned it. They did do like he, he missed a lot of time this season they had to win games without him but it definitely you and it might be because he's the only guy of the six eight six nine brigade who can actually shoot that you start to like realize how important he is to this team considering his spacing is just so integral to what they do but then of course if they're replacing him with a guy who is the number one scorer. Paul George, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think shoot. he has another level as a scorer though? Because like he needs, if, if it's going to work, he needs to go like two levels up as a scorer from where he is and as a creator. And that's where I have questions as to 
what realistically his cap is and is that good enough and can he get there fast enough before your other guys age out I think that's a I think that's a really fair question to ask and I don't know I think that a lot of people had those lofty expectations and really believed that he could do that early on and I think that they were clouded by the growth of Pascal Siakam they just saw his growth and were like well that's easily that's normal or replicate i can't speak english words and it's like no what pascal did was insane um and to just expect that from all of the guys that you get regardless of the development staff that you do have it's just not something that like you can easily bank on or bet on guys to do so i'm with you in that i just think that like maybe maybe the way that I'm looking at this team is a little bit different. And I honestly had not even considered OG for a star and try to run it with this team and see how that goes. OG and stuff. Cause obviously like OG is uh, not like going gonna... to, yeah. And I don't know what salary they have enough. to attach as well. I mean, they have OG on a great deal. How many years does OG have left on the deal? Sorry, putting you on the spot for caps. Okay, whatever. I no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be him draft equity and then Was whatever like salaries. Two, three that you three years left maybe? What a steal. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Build the um, side of the statue. uh so i i completely with you on that i think the way that i just sort of see this team and and maybe my expectations for them alone i'm not looking at championship and i'm looking at development with 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 these guys and seeing where pascal can really take because i'm with you i think pascal's gonna have a fantastic season next year um i'm knocking on all sorts of wood right now but i I, like this is going to be his first off season that he's had since the championship really um because the bubble, COVID, injuries, uh, shoulder surgery. This is actually his first offseason, and it's going to be the extended offseason. Obviously, the championship run, he had the shortest offseason of anyone because he just won a championship. So this is going to be the first offseason that we're going to get. And something that he did in the uh, championship offseason uh, coming into the 2020 year was really improve that three-point shot. His pull-up game was good right? Uh, His catch and shoot game was good in comparison to the 29% that he had the following year or something ridiculous where it it might've even been lower than that. It was somewhere in the twenties. I think his pull-up game in in the following year. And that's part of why everyone was talking about the Pascal is is struggling so much is just, he just didn't have that element. Um, He didn't have that as a part of his game. And so what I'm sort of looking at is like Pascal, Fred, Scotty really developing and something that I really enjoyed with OG and, and Gary. And I'm sad that we didn't really get this is OG's ability to just be your tertiary option and get you 18 points a night and just kind of sleepwalk to it because of how often guys trap Fred and Pascal and how great they are at making those reads and making that pass. You kind of just have OG who's your best post player, the best three point shooter of the bunch, but also the best post player of, I think the entire team really, um, just being able to get working down low or space the floor. It just felt like he was so versatile. And I think his versatile skill set just feels like it fits with the glue of what this team does. But also if you can get a superstar for your glue guy, I think you do that at any point, but OG just feels so integral to whatever iteration of this team we're seeing. And I just, I'm kind of interested in seeing how high and how far they can go because I just think we just are scratching the surface of what they can really be. And so where I'm looking at it is I was thinking, add in another guy, bring in another ball handler, bring in another shooter. Cause that's what this team really yeah. needs and just sort of add to this core. But I am not mad at what you did, which is no winter championship. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're good the enough. Don't, yeah. don't, don't waste these guys prime. You know what I mean? Like they're a winning organization, you know, like I think 
you owe it to Freddie. And I, I've always liked that about them. You know, they've always done everything they can to win. And I don't think they ever put themselves in bad positions to win. Like, you know, the Heat do sometimes. But they always try to win. And I, I think that's really you admirable. Think paying in this James Johnson is a bad situation to win. I, I, you know, that was <laughs> the Raptors have made that mistake a couple of times. But the the thing with the JJ thing was was Riley was he was overcorrecting for letting Dwayne walk because that really sent him into a spiral. Like they and were not. Can, he was not. He was not okay conspiracy? with that. I keep hearing this conspiracy conspiracy that Dwayne and Riley never actually fought. No, 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 oh, that no, was, that no. Was It was right. all a ruse to get, to get Jimmy. To get Jimmy. And right now it's a ruse to get Donovan Mitchell and, and I've seen the texts. I've seen I've seen the texts of Dwayne saying they didn't even try. I've seen them. The reporting on that is Teflon. All right. Because Skolnick was all over that. And he was hurt by that. And yeah. they did not make an effort. And Riley thought that I'm gonna get this guy to sacrifice forever. Because that's what we do as winners. And, you know, the you know, the disease of me, I think Riley thinks of it a certain way. And it was really like, no, that guy, that guy walks on water. Iman, that guy walks on water here. That guy is the most loved public figure in the history of this city. And everybody calls us a shitty sports town, which really bothers me because of how much they love that guy and how much that guy means to a lot of people who don't even speak the damn language. Because the way the joy in which he played and the things that he gave the city transcended words and so much. And everybody sided. Everybody always sides with Riley. Not that time. And that was a huge shift in the organization. And they tried to overcorrect it by giving everyone loyalty contracts. Uh, <laughs> after they didn't get Gordon Hayward. Thank God we did not. Oof. Oof. But yeah. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I completely forgot that. All right. Let's oh, they, to the they, final. they put banners outside. It was embarrassing. Oh, no. oh, God. It was. We all, listen, we all listen. We've all tried to Keep date banners. someone we shouldn't have. We've all tried to date someone we shouldn't have. We've all been there. <laughs> all right. Let's let's close out with some awards. So I uh, had Will do these where I went through some awards for Raptors with him as a Raptors perspective. I've got your heat hat still on. Um, which I love. We just we just talked about heat culture. We just talked about Dwayne Wade. So you're feeling you're feeling more heat esque than I think you have at any point in this podcast right now. Just beaming with pride, talking about Dwayne Wade. Uh, let's get into some awards for the Raptors. Who is your Toronto Raptors MVP? I think it's I think this is an interesting one. We're starting off with a big one because at the start of the year people might have said one thing. At the end of the year, is that still that same person? Their best basketball was played when Pascal Siakam was playing his best basketball. And I think that for them to have reached the level that they reached and for them to have truly reached their ceiling with this group, all NBA basketball. And he is the MVP on both ends. I thought for, for them, um, he truly provide, he, he saved their season. I mean, their season was sideways and his play uh, took them out of the depths and Freddie too. I mean, that was a combined effort, but just his excellence um, his, his best was really what made this team special and what made this team like just hell on wheels. So, I mean, absolutely MVP for, for Pascal, no disrespect to Freddie who made his all-star game, which by the way, very deserved. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And, um, the most improved player for the Raptors, who would you have as our MIP? Is it bad if I say... OG. 
because I thought he took some strides as a playmaker. Um, I thought he took some strides as a scorer, and I think the health derailed a lot of it. And this is more of a like, I think everyone kind of played to the level we thought, except for Scotty, who just like blew everyone's mind. I I think obviously Precious deserves it, but it's kind of weird to give it to a second year player. Um, I did think that out of, I mean, I think Boucher deserves some of it too. I will say William Lou did pick Chris Boucher. Did he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would be t- between OG and 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 Boucher, but I just thought that OG's just high, like just the improvement. Really, this is why I asked the question: like, do you think he could take a step or two as a scorer? Because this year made me think he could, and there was legitimate I don't think talks. He can't. Like, just by saying that it's a difficult thing, and we shouldn't be looking at Pascal's growth and expecting OG to give us the same, doesn't mean that OG can give us the same. I'm just saying, uh, like. Who knows? It's kind of, it's, it's a question mark. It is a mystery box. I think he still has room to grow. Um, it's unfortunate the injuries that he's had. And I just, I hope he can get a healthy year from, from Odeon. It's not a really great candidate for this on this team though. I don't think, I think everyone kind of played to about their level. And you look at the metrics, metrics don't like say, I mean, it says that Boucher was worse this year than last year. It says the same about OG. It's three point shooting, right? Like, what, what metrics are we looking at here? Is it well, I'm looking at like EP, his... I'm looking at EPM, which is my favorite okay. dunks and threes. Um, Zach Lowe uses it. It's because he was a lights out three point shooter last year. He was like he was 38 he was and he went team. to 30. He was uh, he he shot 50 percent. The finishing for a chunk of last season, which is the finishing insane. was not as good. Also, the finishing was at 60 the 60 second percentile as opposed to last year the 70. I wonder percentile. what the Raptors are. The Raptors the worst finishing team in in basketball, and I think part of it is probably because they have absolutely no spacing. <laughs> but like, it's got to be brutal considering how many poor finishers are on this team. It's tough to score when the easy when theoretically the easiest shot you're not good at. It's, it's, it's tough out in these streets, which is funny because they have, like they have size. Numbers. You expect that out of small dudes, not, you know, these these long-ass guys. But, yeah, I, I, I go OG there. All right, and your sixth man of the year, the Raptors' sixth man of the year, who do you got? Can, Don't can say I, go on, Jogic. You'll never be I wanted to say Gogi. Um, well, I mean, this is kind of hard because they had like a lot of injuries and like the what who qualifies as six man because like I know that like Boucher didn't always start, but sometimes he did. Except and here, I know here are the starters. The starters are Fred, Gary, OG, Pascal, Scotty. You're not one of those five. You are eligible for six man of the year. Even Kem is eligible for six man of the year. Heat life or Kem Birch? I probably. <laughs> I prob I probably go Boucher here. What did uh what did what did my uh, predecessor pick? I think he went with Boucher there as well. I will Boucher just because again, like not they need they need depth too. Like, do they have a draft pick this year? Uh, they have a second round. They traded the first for uh for Detroit second, so they moved back ten spots in the draft. They so, traded like, Detroit. They traded the Raptors first for Detroit second in Why? that Thaddeus Young deal. Oh. With Goran. Was that, was that yeah, worth it? Goran was that Goran was that bad. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Oh yeah. I think, I think they probably looked at this draft and said closer to the end, like in the like where would the Raptors have picked outside of the top 15 in the tw- They need something, range? Iman. They need they need like something. Cause like they they're like too guard heavy too. Like they have like all these like guards that like suck. And uh, they, they need a little something. So hopefully they can find something in summer league uh, to get a little depth, but 
Yeah, they, they need a, they need a real six man. Yeah, they don't have a first round pick, so they move. Yeah, it's Detroit second round. So what? What is that? The thirty second. <laughs> almost a, almost a first basically round pick. a first round oh, pick. Man. Honorary first round pick. Yeah. And and the most important award. Who wins the Heat Culture Award for the Toronto Raptors? There's only one player who can win this. It's my guy Freddie Van Fleet. Personification. Listen, he's like he's Lowry Jr. Right. Of course, you know, the mentor, you know, he's his own man, but a lot of the toughness, you know, Lowry is super heat culture. You know, heat culture is not just a heat thing. It's a, it's an everybody thing. Draymond, heat culture. You know what I mean? Draymond's never played Draymond's heat culture, right? Freddie, heat culture, you know, that young heat culture, you know, Andre Gudala before he even came to Miami, he called Jay Crowder. He called her before he was even here. There's just guys. I PJ. thought that Andre was there. I was like, what? When did no, she? Oh, yeah. Listen, I was very sick of Andre. I've, I don't think I've ever been sick of a player that was helpful in my life as much as I was Andre. <laughs> my goodness gracious. You know, it's just. At least Jay it, Crowder came and that was nice for y'all. It gets annoying when they just stop guarding you at the three. And like the Andre's man is like in the restricted area because he's like, yeah, I just don't really care about you. I'm like, I, I get like, because because of the 2019 finals and watching him against the Blazers and the Rockets, I don't think he hit a single three in either one of those series. And then against the Raptors, he's hitting game-winning threes, basically. Like, <laughs> annoying. So annoying. He did that against the Celtics, too. He like couldn't hit a shot, and then he like had like five in a closeout game against the Celtics. And so one of my annoying. friends is like, I told you Andre would have one of these. Who do you uh, want? Yeah. I mean, Max Kellerman? Is that who would you want? <laughs> I want Precious Achua. That's my meme. I like the boot. I did like a bootleg edit of it where instead of like uh, Iggy or Iguodala, whatever he says, I'm like, Achua. I want Precious Achua. And I do. I mean, universe on the line. Who do I want taking a <laughs> the shot? The death ray is pointed at the Precious Achua. Who do you want taking a shot? We're picking it from enough. only Raptors. We're picking from only Raptors. There's so much context that be needed. Is it a spot up? Is it a pull up? Who's defending it? Is it off movement? Is it? I, you know what I mean? These Did are questions Max I need to us? know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I watched Precious hit one pull up three in my entire life, and I'm sold. I've watched Precious hit. I'm, Precious is my favorite corner three point shooter because it's like. Also, he's expanded his range. He doesn't just hit shots in the corner now he can hit them on the wing he can he can hit them above the break he's expanded you his temporary expectations I don't, you're a friend i don't want you to get hurt he, he'll hurt you he's a liar <laughs> he's so a liar high. he's my favorite basketball player of all time but no my favorite thing about precious threes um are he never hits rim like it's either swish like no rim or it's an air ball or it's an- <laughs> one or the other it's one of you're never seeing him hit rim. Does it ever? Do, do you ever think about? I mean, he did a great job on Embiid that last possession. Do you ever think about Embiid was the flukiest shot away from possibly the Raptors eliminating them in the first round? I think about I think about that a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, uh, like I, because here's the thing: the the Sixers thoroughly outplayed the Raptors for three games. I'm gonna give them that. Like outside of like the refing and three that you want to say. Oh yeah, I think the, so the game one, game, game two, and then yeah. game six, right? Yeah. Thoroughly outplayed them for three games, but the Raptors outplayed the Sixers for three games. I need to see a game seven. I I'm agree. So sad we didn't get one. I I hate that he hit that shot. I Me just, too. I just I think about it a lot. I was We're so mad when he throws. hit it. We're working on free throws, Precious. We're working on free throws. Let's do it. God, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That game. Well, you was... know what's what's so annoying about that game is they had their first lead in overtime. <laughs> I hate, I hate games it. Like, I hate, games I hate like it. That. I hate everything about it. 
Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Tell everyone where they can find all of your work. Find us at MIA Heatbeat on Twitter. Uh, we do our game day stuff. So we do everything on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Miami Heatbeat. So we do a pregame show. We do a postgame show. We have a lot of fun. We make we do a lot of slander. So great. There's so much fun. I say that as someone who is a Raptors fan. If you are looking for a team to follow, follow the Heat. Because like, why not? Kyle Lowry did. So why, why are you Watch Kyle get the Kyle ring. Lowry, right? and we're, like, we're playing the Celtics. They're evil. Also, also, I think every evil. Raptors fan is, is team heat right now just for the fact that you guys are just beat the Sixers and are now playing the Celtics. That's all it takes. Listen, I think that the two franchises are kin. I think them and the, like the Warriors, the Raptors and the Heat, they're all kin. I, I, maybe Raptors fans don't want to admit that about the Warriors. We're all kin. Okay, we're well, all... We claim Stephen Curry. He is ours. Yeah, you know, we're, we're all bound by this fate. We just have to embrace it together, the three of us. Uh, our, 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 I did not mention Andrew Wiggins. I want you to I, I, recognize I Stephen Curry is the Canadian. <laughs> it was funny, and I, I'll finish playing my split. Uh, Esfandiari, Raptors lifer on Twitter, uh, he's one of the nicest people on earth. He's very nice about every team, and I slander every team. And he's like, is there anybody that you actually like? I go, Heat, Raptors, Warriors, that's it. Everybody else can go straight to hell. Uh, but yeah, find us on Twitch, <laughs> YouTube as well. My Twitter at Ginavas103 and our Twitter at MIHeapy. Find all our offerings. Uh, we have lots of shows. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We have a Hangover Time postgame show, our Weird Off pregame show, Miami Heapy podcast. Also, Needles of the Groove, hosted by Siobhan Bessler, who is a former professional basketball player, who's yep. breaking down film live on air. Where can you get that? And Mixed Bag, hosted by Tiffany Meeks, which is like a game show kind of uh, user-submitted question. It's really fun. We have a lot of guests. So check out all our stuff on Twitch. And uh, hopefully you can join us for this really fun playoff run because we're having a great time. All right. Go Heat. Hashtag Heat and Pie. Let's go. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>